Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. It's the day after Election Day. As we always say, it's the first Wednesday in November. That's actually the most important of all the days. But the predicted red wave. I think, crashed into the big blue wall. And was this the irresistible force colliding with the immovable object? What splashed over in terms of victory? What are the lessons from the 2022 midterms for Democrats, for Republicans, for voters, and for the country? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Well, lots of headlines on a day after Election Day. There's lots of spinning Uh, There's lots of blaming and there's lots of exhausted staffers (laughs) who are struggling to get out. Uh, And so as we look at everything that took place yesterday, what we know, what we don't know, what's yet to come uh, is really the the big test there. I do think this is one of those really interesting things. Uh, Many predicted it would be a big red wave election. Uh, Many say that's just been a a little splash or a little ripple. Uh, Democrats, I think, were bracing for impact uh, and uh, were just hopeful they could uh, keep it close in a number of races. And they uh, did that, plus a little bit better. And so the blue wall held in many instances. And so let's get past all the headlines in terms of what does this really mean for the country? What does it mean for all of us? Uh, First, we have to look at what it means uh, for the poor people of the state of Georgia who are going to endure four more weeks of campaign uh, as that Senate race uh, moves towards a runoff between Raphael Warnock, the Democratic incumbent, and Herschel Walker, the Republican challenger. And so those are interesting things to to look at in terms of the balance of power. We still don't know the balance of power in either chamber. Uh, Again, the uh, Senate will not be decided until that race in Georgia, if everything holds. Uh, That is, uh, there's basically three races that are left. It is Nevada, Arizona, and Georgia. And it appears at this point that Nevada will be a gain for Republicans. It appears that uh, Laxalt uh, will uh, win that. So that would be a Republican pickup. Okay, And uh, and then the uh, Arizona race, of course, is uh, Mark Kelly. And it looks like he's got enough of a cushion there. But we'll see. There's still quite a ways to go in Arizona, which would lead Georgia as the, the big decider. Well, really pleased to have joining us on the program to help us break some of those things down in terms of what happened across the country. Leland Vittert is the host of On Balance with Leland Vittert on News Nation. That's a station you should check out in terms of a an organization that's really committed to get it, 
to a different kind of reporting and conversation. And uh, Leland, welcome to the program, and it's great to have you on the other side of the questions uh, rather than you firing questions at me for a change. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm, I, I've been up to, I was up till 3 a.m., so be kind. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, you, you beat me. I, I, I cashed in about 1.30, so uh, you, I got an extra hour and a half, so I, I think I have the advantage. And uh, many of you recognize Leland Vitter from uh, a longtime uh, news presence there and, uh, again, part of this uh, new organization, News Nation. Uh, so, Leland, give me some, some high-level uh, observations uh, beyond just the, the headline things. What were some of the things that surprised you uh, during the course of the night last night? Uh, I'll, I'll give you, uh, sort of, I think, the overall headline, right, which I know you guys have been talking about, is it is, it is impossible to, to not – admit uh, or reasonable people could not agree that Joe Biden had a very good night last night and Donald Trump had a very bad light night yeah. last night. Uh, I think the, the big surprise, and look, if you're going to look for a bright spot for Republicans, which was very difficult to find last night, yeah. uh, it's in Florida. Um, you, the fact that Ron DeSantis went from four years ago winning by 30,000 votes to winning by 1.5 or more million votes. Mm. Uh, one Miami-Dade County by by nine digits versus Joe Biden winning it by eight eight points. Uh, what uh, two years ago? Uh, that is an enormous shift in Florida, and, and it's and we've seen across the landscape, and the data shows this. MAGA without the crazy works. MAGA with the crazy mm. and sort of goofball candidates doesn't. It's very it's 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 actually a remarkably simple takeaway, and it, and that plays out in races just across the across the country. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me, and this is the point where I thought I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, "You need to give us your phone and." Get ready, because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, so fascinating uh, as you as you look at that, and obviously the uh, the Democrats uh, were again kind of in that brace for impact uh, kind of state last night. But the blue wall really really did hold for Democrats, and and it seems to me that in a lot of places uh, where it seemed to be really tight, it seems like the in the end the Democrats uh, went home uh, and held ground, and Republicans for the most part went home and held ground in a lot of these races uh, where we thought maybe there would be a flip. Uh, ended up being kind of status quo. Right. And, and you always have to wonder about, you know, anytime you have things that are this close, right? Uh, polling averages come down to what model the pollsters were using. And Chris Steyerwald, uh, who is far smarter than me and our political editor, made the point last night that for the past couple of cycles, pollsters have been under enormous attack for understating Republican turnout, right? They were always wrong on, on the Democratic side. Pollsters don't like being wrong. Pollsters don't make money 
doing polls for elections. They make money doing polls and for uh, the the rest of the the years for hedge yeah. funds and and for research groups and for uh, private clients and campaigns and political clients and, and on and on and on. They don't like being wrong. So they decided this time to be wrong in a new and different way. So rather than looking at the in – in a fun way, right? So rather than say that the Republican turnout was going to be 36.2 percent, they said, oh, we're going to juice the model now to 38.5 percent. And, and suddenly it over, you know, suddenly all of us – we looked out in the horizon on Monday night. We saw this huge red wave, and we watched Democrats on television go – uh, oh, my God, you know, we need to have this reckoning inside the party and we become too woke and we need to talk more about the economy and we couldn't be a buzzkill in the words of President Obama. And it turned out that, uh, you know, the pollsters, you know, we're just having, you know, we're just wrong in a new, different and, and fun way. There you go. <laughs> I love that. A new, to be wrong in a new, different and fun way. I'm going to I'm going to adopt that as a strategy in my life that uh, I'm just going to be wrong again, but I'm going to be wrong different in a new uh, kind of fun way. Uh, so as, right. you, as you look at the, moving forward, obviously the the balance of power in the House is still undecided. It it still looks like the Republicans have a slight advantage. I mean, could we really end up in a House of Representatives with a 218 to 217 count? That sure. I mean, if if Donald Trump could be become president, <laughs> and Glenn Youngkin can win in yeah. Virginia. Okay, and I and I could keep going with all the crazy things. And if John Fetterman can win in Pennsylvania, uh, need I keep going? Yes, <laughs> uh, of course. And, you know, any, anything's possible. And, and the house, the house may not be decided for a couple of weeks still. Yeah. Um, you know, if if it really is going to come down to one or you know one or two one or two districts, sure, it, 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 anything anything's possible. It, you know, st- statistically speaking, probably not, but sure, very possible. Uh, what what are the races in the House that uh, that you, uh, obviously you, uh, you had uh, Maloney uh, losing the Democrat uh, driving the D Triple C having a, a hard uh, night last night? Uh, are there other races in the House that you're saying, okay, this th- these are the couple that are really going to make the difference in the end? Well, there's some that are very close. Uh, you know, Michigan ten with John James and Carl Marlins, whether. Uh, that works out. You know, John James has been has been the bridesmaid, never the bride, twice uh, running for Senate. Uh, now he's running for House. Uh, you'd have to look uh, probably in Colorado, Colorado eight. Um, you know, there's there's some of these the races that are going to be decided by you know a couple of a hundred votes. Uh, so then you'll definitely have recounts. Um, Colorado, uh, Connecticut five, which we've been watching for a long time. Um, Johanna Hayes uh, being challenged there, uh, white working class district. Um, that's still very, very close within a point. So, sure, you're, we're going to get, you know, we're, we're going to watch all of these. There's a bunch in uh, in California that are out. Katie Porter probably being the biggest one, only 55% of the vote in. Uh, Katie Porter's uh, a, a sort of firebrand progressive, likely the Diane Feinstein uh, heir apparent. So that would be a huge loss, and I think you can't you can't understate sort of the the places that Republicans made real gains, which was in New York. Yep. Okay, Lee Zeldin ran an incredible campaign. Yeah, it was close. Was it was it? Did he win? No, but you know, Sean Patrick Maloney lost in a, in a congressional district. That's huge. What what is the lesson that the data shows? Which is mm-hmm. MAGA without the crazy works. Lee Zeldin wasn't crazy. He didn't go. You know, he didn't run around talking about. 
abortion and, and sort of all these crazy social issues. You talked about crime mm. and keeping people safe. Yeah. And that worked. People, yeah. it, it resonated. Um, what happened when you ran somebody like a Dr. Oz? Didn't work. What happens with Blake Masters in Arizona? It's much, much closer than if it had been a, and I will put this in air quotes, normal Republican candidate. And we, and we see that with the ticket splitting. We're doing a whole segment on it tonight. Mm. Uh, look, think, think, about, think about Georgia. Brian Kemp runs eight points ahead of Stacey Abrams, but you got to run off in the Senate race. Yeah. Uh, Ohio, uh, DeWine outkicked uh, J.D. Vance by 10 points. Yeah, those are like, fascinating. fascinating. So in Re- Republicans I'm talking to are, I said it on television this morning, they thought they were going to be popping champagne, and right now there's piling off coffee and soul-searching this morning. <laughs> yeah, uh, a lot of that, and I think you should reverse the order. Let's start with some soul-searching, then the coffee, and then the Advil. I think that that would be— uh, I can't so I can't soul-search without coffee. <laughs> uh, hey, before I let you go, Leland, uh, just, give our, just give our listeners just a, a quick snapshot of News Nation. I, I think this is a uh, an approach. I think it's something that the country is hungry and even starving for, uh, just a different kind of converse, conversation when it comes to news. Well, now you get you give me an idea and time to talk about my favorite subject, which is me. <laughs> um, this, here's the experiment, right, is that there are people in America who want to watch news that is, that is inconvenient for both sides. And if you watch the other cable news channels, uh, they will tell you narratives that are inconvenient for the other side. And a little bit of news that may be bad news for their own side, right. but they won't really – they won't delve into that, and they won't challenge the narratives. We will challenge the narratives for both sides, and um, I watch you – know, people come up and say, oh, I, I agree with everything you said. And then in that case, I have not done my job. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> and, and, that, and, and, and we will tell you things that are going to make you uncomfortable and that, that you need to know. Now, and that's the way news used to be. Um, that you you and and that's the way the news, the production of you news used to be, uh, and we're we're gaining some traction. We're and I always say to folks is that give us a try. That's yeah, all we can ask, and right. then it's up to us to gain to gain your trust. Yeah, love that, and uh, it is uh, what we try to do every day is to get comfortable with the uncomfortable conversation, to be equal opportunity offenders across the board, and yes. to keep and to keep everybody curious. In the process, because that's how we get to the better discussion. Yeah, Le- Leland, go to the garden party. There we it's, go. It's a, it's a fun, it's a fun role. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Leland Vitter's the host of On Balance with Leland Vitter on News Nation. You should check that out for sure. Leland, we appreciate you joining us after a very long night or a very short night, however you want to look at that. And uh, we look forward to having Anytime. you back soon. Thanks, Leland. Thank you. Thanks again. All right, lots to digest there. We'll continue to break it down. We'll step aside for a quick commercial break and come back with more as we break down the 2020 election on KSL News Radio. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, You need to give us your phone and Get ready, because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. 
You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.